Here is another powerful message from New Vision Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. To hear the rest of this series and others, join us at newvisionlife.com. Well, when we think about Simply Christmas, which is our Christmas series this year, it probably doesn't get any more traditional than uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas. For 50, I think 53 years, it's been on network television to sort of get the Christmas uh, season started. So if you're like me, you sort of grew up uh, watching this all of your life. And so as we start with this, I want to just show you something that I I never really saw in this cartoon. Now, if you know something about Charlie Brown, you know, he has just the famous sweater, right? And you know that uh, Lucy is kind of always on everybody, you know, Snoopy, you know the characters, but Linus, Linus is a a fairly intelligent dude. After all, I mean, he had uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 15 committed to memory. That's not bad, right? But he has a what he carries with him all the time. He's got a blanket, and everybody tries to get the blanket away from Linus, but no one is able to get the blanket away from Linus. I don't know if you realize this, but embedded really in this narrative, Charles Schultz wants us to see something. Linus drops the blanket as he's quoting the Christmas story right at the exact moment when the angels say to fear not. Now, he picks the blanket up as he as he walks off, but we're going to talk about that today here, and good morning to those of you uh, there at Buchanan. We're going to talk about one thing. As we t- think about simply Christmas, what would it be to really fear not? I think that's a core message in this Christmas story, because when you think about it, this is what the angel said to, to Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, when he appears to him. He says, fear not, Zechariah. Uh, this is what the angel says to, to Mary when he announces what God is going to do in and through her. He says to Mary, fear not. Also to to Joseph, the angel says to Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. We're going to see today, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Luke chapter 2. We're going to see that this is the message to the shepherds as they're overcome with fear at the appearing of the angel, to fear not. And I think a part of the Christmas message is a story to, to fear not. What would it be like, let me ask you this question, what would it be like in your life and in my life? If we begin to learn how to live more and more separate from our fears, would that be a powerful thing? Wonder if you begin to live more and more separate from your fears, because here's the thing, we're all like Linus. All of us have a tattered blanket that we, that we carry around with. All of us at some level deal with some fears, and, and our fears may be financial fears, worry and doubt about the state of the economy in the future. Some of the, our fears we have are, are relegated to our children and, and their health and their well-being. Uh, some of our fears are to our own health, and all these things sort of can come upon us and, and really can begin to control our life. But wonder if you and I, we're able to begin to live our life more and more separate from our fears. So let, let's go back and take a look at the story that Linus quoted for us, and let's really break it down verse by verse. And what I'm, I'm really excited about is, is this is a passage that no matter if you, if, you, if you grew up in church or not, you're super familiar with. If you just watch Charlie Brown's Christmas every year, you probably have this this down. But we're going to see that inside this are some lessons that we learn from the shepherds that can really allow us in our life to learn to live more and more separate from our fears and begin to experience a freedom that we've never had. Well, here we go. Here's the first thing that has to happen in our life. I think if we're going to learn to live life more and more separate from our fears 
uh, we have to be willing to trade our blankets because all of us have, all of us have uh, blankets. And so, you know, as we, as we think about the story, I mean, Linus had his, his blanket. I think we even have a picture again of Linus and his, his blanket. That, that's, that's not Linus. That's actually me. Uh, there, so there it is. There's Linus and his blanket. And so that, that, that's funny, right? Linus had a blanket. And, yeah, he's a, he's a guy who's got some fears and some anxiety in his life. But we all have, we all have blankets. In fact, I was watching a, a Tennessee football game earlier this year, and they went to a sideline shot of the University of Tennessee's mascot, Smokey, a blue tick hound. We would think, that's a pretty tough animal. Smokey's got a blanket. In fact, I was bothered by this because uh, you don't have to be a Tennessee fan here to, to see this point, so check back in with us. I mean, I don't know what the athletic uh, budget is at the University of Tennessee. Kevin, you, it's pretty big, isn't it? You look like you could get Smokey a better blanket than that. Right, it's all tattered, and you think, "Come on!" I mean, this is on national TV. Get the guy a new blanket. Turns out, this is actually his blanket. He doesn't go anywhere without this blanket. They bring him uh, from uh, the, his owners. Bring him on game day or on the weekend to stay at a fraternity uh, house there, and those guys take care of him and bring him to the game. But they have to bring his blanket. In fact, he's with it all the time, and he doesn't go anywhere without his blanket. And so, we're kind of like old Smokey. We're like Linus. We've got our blanket. We have some things that we look to that provide some temporary covering. They're sort of tattered blankets, though. They don't really allow us truly to live life more and more separated from our fears. So if we're going to begin to do that this year at Christmas, we've got to be willing to trade in our blankets. But what would we trade these tattered blankets in for? So let's take a look at the Scripture. In in verse 8, now, we, we pick up with this story, and Mary and Joseph are, are there in the manger. Mary has just delivered uh, the Christ child, and here's where the story uh, begins to get super practical for us as we think about learning to live life free from our fears or separate from our fears. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, the Scripture says, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared, the Scripture says, to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So you have a group of guys in this Christmas story that are experiencing a major amount of fear, and we can sort of get that. I mean, the angel of the Lord appears to to you or to me, and there's going to be an amount of fear that is associated with that. So whatever it was for these guys that they trusted in, whatever their tattered blankets were, and in fact, shepherds were were tough dudes. I mean, this was a a tough crowd of, of, of guys, but their tattered blankets didn't work here in this moment. Because here's something that I want us to see that is at the core of fear. And I think all of us have to see this. The core of fear is being exposed before a holy God. The core of fear is being exposed before a holy God. And I think all of us at some level have that. That, that sooner or later we know that we're not all that we claim to be. And in the presence of a holy God to be exposed and, and our sin to be exposed brings about a tremendous amount of, of fear. Now, I'll just be honest with you. It's one of the great fears that I have in my life, not just a fear of being exposed before God. I just have a fear of being exposed before anybody because I'm not everything that maybe I claim to be. And I wonder if you are. And maybe one of the greatest fears that I've had throughout my life is just a fear of being found out. You ever have that fear? Nobody wants to nod here, right? Like, I, I fear that as a pastor. I mean, people think, you know, you're a pastor. You, you probably have all the answers, you know? So I, I remember going to somebody's house years ago, and they had, like, Bible trivia pursuit. Remember that one? And they just had an expectation that Pastor Brady would answer every single question. It was like a fear of being found out. I'm, no matter what you think I am, I'm not all that. And if you knew all that about me, you wouldn't want me to be your pastor. 
But if I knew everything about you, we wouldn't let you in here. So let's just call it even, right? I mean, <laughs> is that true? Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the deal. So we, we just, uh, uh, I hope that went over well at Buchanan. I never know if it did or not. I'll find out uh, later on this morning, I'm sure. See, we have a fear of being exposed because the tattered blankets don't, don't work. So they were terrified before the judgment of God. Now look at the answer here. Look at verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And then immediately after, it's not, just, just don't be afraid. Th- then there's a reason why, something that they can trade their tattered blanket in. Whatever it was that they were looking for for comfort and security wasn't working. They were exposed, but then watch the answer. I bring you good news. That's the gospel. I bring you good news. This is going to be a covering that will cause great joy for all people. Isn't that good? It says all people. And and when the angel, this message first appears to shepherds, I mean, you need to understand, this isn't the upper crust. Do you get this? I mean, nobody wanted their kid to grow up to be a shepherd. These were people uh, that that weren't uh, the religious elite. These weren't people that were wealthy. This was a rough group of guys, but this message is for all people. Isn't that good news today? Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to who? To you. This is personal. Isn't that good? To you. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the long-awaited Savior. He is your covering. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths. And he'll be lying in a manger, right? So let's stop there. And let's see that when the angels appeared and said, don't be afraid, there was reason for them to trust in something else, to trade in their blanket for something else. So let's talk about it for a little bit. Think about Mary for just a moment. Can we think about that this morning? I mean, everybody knows the Christmas story. I mean, Mary delivers Jesus, right? Would you agree with that? But here's the thing that you need to know. Jesus would deliver Mary. You see it? He would deliver her from her sin. Mary covers Jesus, and in in Luke chapter 1, verse 7, it says that she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger. She wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger. So Mary covers Jesus, but think about the story of Christmas. Jesus would do what to Mary? He He would cover her. And so in in order to trade in your tattered blankets, you have to trade them in for something better, and we all have this fear of being exposed. And in fact, the very first story in the Bible speaks of this. When Adam and Eve rebelled against God, do you remember that? They sinned against God. They realized they were what? They were naked, and, and, and they were afraid, and then God steps in and makes a covering for them, an animal sacrifice, and so their sin is covered. Listen, this is the great need of humanity. All of us, whether you realize it or not, all of us have a need to be covered. You see, we have these tattered blankets that we look to, but they really don't work. I mean, everybody knows it, right? It really doesn't work. Now, the birth of Jesus is the beginning of our separation from fear. That's what God is doing. When Christ came into the world, now we have hope. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Let me share this verse with you quickly this morning. We have a lot of ground. You guys okay? Some of you are already asleep. And I always watch like the first person. I, I've got kind of a, a timer set, and I, I know how I'm doing. I mean, if somebody's asleep four minutes into the message, I'm like, wow, this is tough. I mean, it's really tough here today. We've, we, so are you guys help? Please. As my Christmas gift today, stay awake. That would be great. What do you want for Christmas? Just, you know, 30 minutes of your time not sleeping would be an amazing encouragement to me. There is no fear in love, John says. 
But perfect love drives out fear. So if I have fear, and I do, why do I have fear? Because I do not understand the unconditional love of God for me. Because, listen to what he says, because fear has to do with what? It's right there. Punishment. Fear has to do with punishment. And now if we understand the truth of the gospel, who took our punishment? Christ took our punishment. How much of our punishment? All of them. Whoa. Yeah. I think I heard somebody from Buchanan yell out then. I don't know if it was just in anger or you're finally, yeah. All of our punishment. So if I am in Christ, if I understand the gospel and I understand this perfect, this unconditional love, when anytime I have fear, I have to identify where is that fear coming from. I'm not, fair, I'm not afraid of, of nothing. I have to be afraid of something. And the scripture said fear comes from an understanding of a belief that punishment is coming. But if I understand that Jesus absorbed the wrath of God or took the wrath of God, took all of my punishment, then I'm beginning to be free from fear. Do you see that? Because I'm covered. Now, watch this. Let me give you another verse. This is so good. You guys still with me? Right? Because you'll never trade in a tattered blanket until you understand the proper covering that God's made for you. Because we just won't give them up. Because, listen, we have been so comfortable with those things all of our lives. It's been our personality that's always been able, able to get us out of a, a tight spot. It's been our performance that we've trusted in. But look, look at Galatians 3, verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith, right? So through faith in Christ, you become a child of God. Is that good news? Yeah, that's great news, isn't it? For all of you were baptized or you're immersed into Christ. And, and, and this passage here is not just talking about the physical act of baptism, although that's a very important step, but it's when we come to faith in Christ and we become immersed in Christ. In other words, God sees us through the lens of his son. And listen to how he explains it. For all of you were baptized into Christ, having clothed yourself with Christ. Do you understand what the gospel teaches? When you put faith and trust in Christ, then you get to take on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I mean, this is the story of Christmas, that God was wrapped in humanity in Christ Jesus. But understanding of the gospel is when we put faith in Christ and faith and trust in, in Christ, we become clothed or wrapped in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now, this is better than your tattered rags, isn't it? Because when God sees you in Christ, he sees you through the lens of Christ Jesus, the righteousness of Christ. That is what he's covered you in. That's good news, isn't it? So I'm telling you today, and listen, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you a chance, some of you, to trade in your tattered rags and put on for the first time in your life, some of you watching online, to put on for the first time the righteousness of Jesus Christ by faith. We had folks on Thursday night do that. It was an amazing time to be here. It can happen today. Let's look at the second thing. If you want to live your life more and more separate from fear, you have to trade in your blanket. And some of you have done that, but we want to pick up those old blankets. You know, that's kind of what Linus does. He drops his blanket and then he picks it up again. You see, and that's kind of the story of us as, as Christians. We'll drop our blanket sometime and, and trust Christ and then we'll pick up our old tattered blankets again. But watch this. The second thing, if you want to live more separate from, from fear, you have to trade in your picture. Now, Watch what I'm about to, to say here because this could bother some of you, but listen to this in its entirety. Let's take a look at the scripture. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest of heaven 
and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Now, I want to break this passage down uh, just for a moment. Let, let, let's uh, go back. If we could go back to that passage just for a moment. Put it back on the screen. Here we go. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared. And uh, a cloud helped me with this this week. I mean, an angel doesn't appear here, just an angel. It is an entourage of heavenly beings. And the word here is a military word, like this, this great military unit, a large unit of soldiers are arriving. Now listen, if there is such a large entourage in the heavenlies, that tells us something amazing is happening. There is a king that is coming. Now one of the problems with Christmas, and this is the point that people get really mad, is listen, we love baby Jesus. Everybody loves baby Jesus. I love baby Jesus. Please hear what I'm saying. I love baby Jesus. But that isn't the full story of the gospel, right? It was born in this humble, meek way so that he could connect to us in our humanity. But this isn't all that Jesus is. But when, when you keep Jesus as an infant, it really keeps your problems impossible. And that's why I think so many people are controlled by fear in their life, anxiety, insecurity, and the problems of everyday life is because they keep Jesus so small. They just keep the picture in their mind of baby Jesus in a manger. Now listen to how John begins his gospel account. John chapter 1. Hang here with me for just a moment. John doesn't begin his gospel account, his Jesus story, if you will, in Bethlehem. He does it in the beginning, the very beginning of, of all time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he's saying, the, when he uses the word word here, literally you could just insert Jesus here. The Greek word is logos. It's this full revelation of God. In other words, John's saying, here's how you're going to know how God, who God is and what God is like. You'll see it through the Word, through Jesus. And so he was with God from the beginning. Jesus has always been. He is co-eternal. Can I tell you that? He's always been. There's never been a point in time in eternity past that Jesus wasn't. Does that blow your mind? Good. Do you understand that? No, which is also good. And you say, well, I don't, I don't, what do you mean that's good? I want to understand. Do you want a God you can understand every facet of his character? Think about that for just a moment. Like, it, it, I know my bandwidth up here. Dude, it is limited. That's the part when I was talking about being exposed. I don't want you to know how limited my bandwidth is, but I know how limited it is. If there is a God that I can understand, yeah. It's not a lot of help, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Listen to this. And through Him, talking about Jesus, through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. Jesus doesn't just give life. He is life. And that life was the light of all mankind, so what does this passage tell us? It tells us a lot. And we're talking about if you want to live your life more and more separate from fear, you have to be willing to trade in your picture. More than just baby Jesus in a manger. You have to see a bigger, clearer, more powerful picture of who he is. Do you know that there are 100 billion stars in our galaxy? That's a lot, isn't it? Do you know that our galaxy, the galaxy, there's 100, over 100 billion stars in our galaxy, but our galaxy is, a one, is just one of, of a billion other galaxies, astronomers, astronomers tell us. And the Scripture says that all of that was spoken into being through the word of this Christ. Because the Scripture says He created how many things? All things. Now, I don't know what your picture of Jesus is. 
If your picture of Jesus is baby Jesus in a manger, your problems are going to be big. If your picture is beginning to understand the creator of all things, it's going to be a little bit bigger. You see, living, this is an important statement. It's a confusing statement. I'll go ahead and give you that. You ready? Living separate from fear, and we all want to do that, right? Everybody in this room would say, I want to live separate from fear, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's not an elimination problem. I mean, the goal is not trying to eliminate your fears or your problems. It's a focus problem. Now, watch what I'm, I'm saying. Uh, let me try to illustrate it. You ever remember going to the arcade when you were a kid and playing the game Whack-A-Mole? You ever remember? I think we have a picture of it. It's kind of goofy there. But you, you had this club. They still have them. I took, Amy and I had my grandson, uh, Dave and Busters, and, uh, and, uh, and they had Whack-A-Mole still. And so, uh, you know, it's just this club and you just start, pop, things pop up, you just start hitting them and they just start, keep popping up and you just wear yourself out trying to pop the moles as they pop up. I think most of us live our life like a whack-a-mole game. It's just a different problem every day, right? And we just are constantly trying to eliminate problems in our life. Well, the goal is not eliminate problems or eliminating fears. The goal is focusing on something greater and bigger than all your problems and your fears. Do you understand the difference? Trading in your picture You know, it's not eliminating financial fears, relational fears, insecurity, all those things. It's beginning to focus on something far greater. Now, uh, think about this. If if you want to do some homework here, trading in your picture, go and read Revelation chapter 1 and take a look at John's vision of the glorified Jesus. He says even when he speaks, he says his sound was like the sound of rushing waters. He spoke and it's like Niagara Falls. You see, trading in your picture, understanding a bigger vision of who Christ is. He's he's the one that told the blind that they could see, the deaf that they could hear, the dead like Lazarus that they could rise. He's the one who stepped out of the grave after three days. He's the one that created everything that is. And when you begin to get a bigger picture of Jesus, here's what you'll find. Your problems will begin to get smaller and smaller. As a kid, we used to sing this hymn in church. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his you guys are always sending me emails. We don't sing enough hymns, and now I'm letting you don't nobody say anything, nothing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, right? You see, that's it. It's not eliminating problems. It's trading in your picture, getting a bigger picture of who Jesus is. Let's look at the third thing. If you want to learn to live your life more separate from fear, you've got to be willing to trade in your tattered blanket because what you thought was covering you isn't covering you. You've got to be willing to trade in your picture. It's more than just baby Jesus in a manger. It is this conquering king, this creator of everything that we see, and beginning to visualize that, think about that. I would say this, what you think about when you think about Jesus is one of the most important things about you, right? And number three, you have to be willing to trade in your location, Here we go. Let's look at Scripture back here now at verse 15. And do you see what we're doing? We're just going straight through this passage that you all grew up knowing, right? And just just seeing the truth that's here. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, in other words, after this this great uh, manifestation of heavenly power appears to these shepherds, they left them. Look what the shepherds do. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. I love that. This is the key, I think, to your next year being what God wants it to be. Brad, it's good to see you, man. 
I see you on TV every time the balls play, but it's good to see you here. I see athletes say this all the time. When they're fired up, they say, let's go. You ever see that? Let's go. Well, I think that's what the church needs to say. Let's go. And you might say, well, why do you say that? Because that's what the shepherds say. And you say, well, okay, I know it's what the shepherds say. What does that mean to me? Here's what I believe. The angels appeared and delivered the message to the shepherds, but then they had a decision. Were they going to stay put with where they were, or were they going to be obedient and go see what the angels told them? And their response was, let's go. Here's what I believe about you. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, everybody at Buchanan, I believe this Christmas God is calling you from where you are to where he wants you to be more and more. And that that can be a call out of some known sin in your life. That can be a call out of just some complacency in your devotional life, some things that you've just let go. That could be a call into an area of ministry in your life. But I believe this, God is calling you from where you are to where he wants you to be. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You know, they don't have any excuses. They don't say, well, that'd be pretty cool, but I don't think we have anything to wear right? I don't think they want us there. I mean, if he knew my past, right? If they knew what we were talking about just moments before the, the, the angels appeared, we, we, we couldn't go there. They just say, let's go. So they hurried off. I, I love that. You might want to underline that in your, in, in your Bible. The key to, if you want to struggle in your life, if you want to struggle in your life, just delay obedience. That is the simple key to, to struggling. Just delay obedience. But they hurried off. Let's go. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Because here's what, here's what happens in your life. Watch it. It may be beginning to happen right now. I, I want to say this. Think about it a little bit. God begins to speak to us in our lives, even right now. Maybe you're listening to a message or, or whatever, and God speaks and he challenges you with something, and so it's there in your mind, and very quickly, a hundred different reasons come in about why you can't do that or why you shouldn't do that. Do you understand that? That's the enemy. That's the, the enemy trying to take away what God's going to do. That's why it's so important when God speaks that we act. You see that? And they hurried off. Now, here's what the shepherds had. And you say, well, I thought, Pastor Brady, you started this message saying that you were going to talk about the keys to us living more and more separate from fears. I am. The safest place to be in your life is in the center of of God's will for your life. I don't know any other way to say it, right? The shepherds had the courage to drop the temporary and go seize the eternal. That's what let's go means. It's the courage to drop the temporary and go seize the eternal. Christmas is about, in many ways, movement. From where we are to where God wants us to be. Mary and Joseph moved, didn't they? I mean, they they moved from Galilee in the north all the way to Bethlehem, south of Jerusalem at a very inconvenient time in the final days of her pregnancy. That's that's inconvenient, but they went. Christmas is about movement. The shepherds moved. Didn't we just see that? The angels told them. They said, let's, let's go. They moved. The wise men, even as this story has taken place, the wise men are on the move. It's going to take them a long time to get there, but Christmas is about movement. Let's go from where I am right now to where God wants me to be. Last Sunday, as, as Nick was preaching, I was walking around. I was over at Buchanan a little bit, and I was out in the foyer before the 11 o'clock service, and a young man came up to me, and he said, I have to tell you this. He said, my girlfriend is standing over there. Don't look now, he said, because <laughs> she, she's really nervous. He said, we're, we're, we, we're engaged. We're, we're going to get married, and, um, but uh, we haven't been obedient to God's will in our life. We've been living together, and, 
And uh, just a couple weeks ago, God really began to speak to us about that. And so we have decided to repent, and we've decided to keep ourselves pure, to move out, to be separate, and not come together physically, sexually, and, until our wedding day. And she wanted me to tell you that. She, she was too nervous to come tell you, so I'm telling you. And you know what I said? Let's go. That's what he's doing. Let's go. He's moving in an area of life, and she's moving to a place where they are to where God wants them to be. There's a, there's a young man in our, our church, he and his wife, and several years ago, God began to move in their life about putting God first financially, and not just in their personal life, but just in their business. The first 10% of everything they earned in their business, God began to speak to them about tithing on their business income, and they had every reason not to do it, but they just said, let's go, and they obeyed. And if you could watch the story of what God has done, it's nothing short of supernatural. Last Sunday also, I, I, I was walking into the sanctuary, just right back through those doors, and something stopped me in my tracks. It was Bashana Early. I know Bashana. I didn't know this about her. I think we have a picture. There she is. She greets folks before the 11 o'clock service because God called her to step into ministry. She's on an oxygen tank, right? I mean, she struggles to, to get her breath. And so for her to be here on Sunday morning is... It's, it's quite a strain, but God said go. You see, God called her from where she was to where he wanted her to be, and she responded. Christmas is, is a call, I believe, from something in our life to someone. And I don't know what that's like for you. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a mission trip this year that God's been speaking to you about. Maybe it's opening your home for a small group. I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's just leaving and repenting an area of sin in your life that's it's been dogging you for years. But I believe a change of location begins to bring some liberation like you've never experienced. You want to live left, separate from your fears? You got to change blankets. You got to change your picture. Many times we have to change location. And finally, we have to learn to trade our fears. Look at verse 17. We have five minutes left. You guys can make a final run here in five minutes. You got it in you? Let's go. For some of you, it's just staying awake for 30 minutes this year. It's my commitment to the Lord, right? I'll take it. Be honest. I'll take it. When they had seen him, now they'd been to the manger. When they had seen him, seen the Christ, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said. So what'd they do? They went in obedience, they saw Jesus, and then on their way back, everybody that they ran into, they just told about their encounter with Jesus. Like one of the greatest fears, it's interesting, it's a little job security for me because in our culture today, people fear public speaking more than death, right? So that's a little weird, but anyways, as we think about this, we have a great fear of proclaiming the good news of Jesus. We're so concerned about what other people might think about us. In fact, most people in the church never share with another person the truth of who Jesus Christ is to them, what Christ has done in their life. Not so with the shepherds. And you say, again, I thought we were, talk I, I thought we were talking about living free from our fears, and now you're talking about evangelism. It's part of the key. It's part of the story, right? Because here's, you got to trade in your fear, you have to have a greater fear of the silence 
than proclamation of the gospel. Meaning a greater fear in your life is just being silent about the Jesus story than proclaiming the Jesus story. And let me just give you a simple example. I'm going to challenge you. Everyone here to just invite somebody to Christmas Eve service. Just invite somebody to Christmas Eve service. Because watch this. I promise you, somebody will come. And somebody will hear the gospel and somebody might say a forever yes to Jesus Christ. Now, many people won't, and you'll get rejected. And is that fearful? Yeah. But what is the greater fear in your life going to be, the fear of rejection or the fear of being silent about the good news of Jesus Christ? You just got to decide. And at some point, trade in the fears. You're going to be afraid of something, right? The shepherds show us that being in the presence of Christ is always followed by a public proclamation of Christ. How do you know that you've really been in the presence of Christ? Because you have to talk about what you just saw. And these guys weren't priests. These guys weren't scholars. They were just simple men who were changed by Jesus, right? I always, I always love this. People say, well, I don't know enough. Do you think they did? If they knew anything about God, they wouldn't have been out as shepherds. They'd have been in Jerusalem at headquarters, right? They didn't know anything. They'd just been in the presence of Jesus. I was listening to a sermon a couple weeks ago from a pastor in Birmingham, and he was talking about being on vacation. He has several children. They were with some friends. There was about 20 of them in a restaurant, and he has a, a severely autistic child. His youngest boy is severely autistic. He's nonverbal. They were in a coffee shop in, in, a, in a crowded uh, urban area, and uh, the folks decided to, everybody in the group decided to go next door and grab some ice cream. He didn't realize that his youngest son had gone into the restroom, so they got up and left. As he was ordering his ice cream, it dawned on him he didn't see his boy. Now, it was a little different for this young boy because he couldn't go to someone and give him his dad's name and his dad's cell number. He wasn't able to communicate. So he goes back to the coffee shop and his boy's not there. And he begins to tell everybody in his group, 20-some-odd people, and they begin to get frantic looking for this young boy. They couldn't find him. 10 minutes went to 20 minutes. 20 minutes went to 30 minutes. And he said the thing that frustrated him the most was the indifference of so many people on the street when he went up and asked, even to a police officer and saying, hey, here's what my boy looks like. He's showing him a picture on his phone. Have you seen him? And with hands in their pockets, just indifferent. Let me tell you something about our God. He loves his lost children. You want to frustrate your God? Be indifferent about lost people. It's the quickest way to frustrate our God. I bought all Amy's Christmas on Amazon uh, this year through Amazon. and So I'm waiting to see things delivered. I'm like asking her, calling, did anything come today? She said, why? Just wondering. Don't look at it. You know, so, so, so wonder, if I, wonder if I got an email or a call from Amazon saying, hey, just want to let you know, we're not sending anything this year. It's pretty cool what you got. We're keeping it. We like it. Keeping it for ourselves. I'd be furious. I'd storm the gates of the Amazon warehouse there in Buchanan. That's what we do with the greatest story ever told. I'll keep this one. You want to trade in your fears? Be more concerned about not sharing the truth than how people might reject you if you do. Verse 19 and 20, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, which were just as they had been told. Let me say this quickly as our band comes out. I hope they're back there. Are you guys back there? I'm trading in my fears. I'm calling for you, and they don't hear me. So I may sing this one. It's no big deal. I'll sing it. You guys ready? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Worship and praise can't occupy the same space together. You want to live your life more and more separate from your fear? 
begin to practice worship and praise because worship and praise can't occupy the same space with fear and anxiety. It never will work. So here's what I want us to do as we close this service out. I want us to stand. And I want us just to practice praise. And this is going to be different. We're going to sing a song that you're familiar with. But I want you to watch what begins to happen. My guess is while you're praising your God in the next few moments, you probably won't have just a ton of thoughts of all the things that need to get done, all your fears about paying off credit card debt in January. I just don't know if all that stuff will be trickling in because, listen, anxiety and fear can't occupy the same space with praise. So let's try that for a moment. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we'd like to invite you to one of our Sunday morning services. We meet at 820, 940, and 11 a.m. If you would like more information or would like to watch or listen to more of our services, please visit us online at newvisionlive.com. This broadcast is brought to you by New Vision Baptist Church, where our mission is guiding people to lives of gospel transformation.